I don't know if it's rainfall I can hear in the background or someone chewing in the kitchen. Well, hopefully, either way, it's not being picked up on your microphone. Because <laughs> that'd be awkward. Mm, it might be. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and his buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm CJ and I have a boost juice. I'm Amanda and I have water. That I also have coffee. an anticlimactic uh, beverage choice, really. I got the Wonder Melon with blueberries. Ooh. Mm. I don't think I like blueberries, which is odd because I like all of the other berry family. Um, blueberries really don't have a flavor in my opinion. Controversial. So adding them to Wonder Melon doesn't really affect the flavor in any way, but it just adds more like nutrition, I guess. I believe you. And my favorite way to have raspberries is in muffins, which is also the worst way to have raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> I think I only tried a raspberry like recently. Actually, you know what? I think blueberry muffins are also pretty good for memory. Well, from what you're saying, it would just taste like muffin. No, I think that's the only time you can actually taste anything in a blueberry muffin is when they're blueberries is when they're muffins. <laughs> okay. Yeah, raspberries are weird. You can play with them and put them on your fingers like little thimbles. I don't think everyone does that. Why? <laughs> it's like cheesels, but raspberries, you put them on your fingers. See, cheesels, that sounds way more fun. And do it with raspberries. You can put on a <laughs> cheesel and then put a little raspberry top over and you could have a cheesy raspberry treat. No, thank you. That sounds horrible. You haven't tried it. You don't know. It could be good. Yeah, okay. I thought coconut... No, I thought peanut butter and a pina colada would be bad, and it was amazing. I thought vanilla coke and gin would be bad, and it was really good. All of these things sound bad to me, so. <laughs> you haven't even tried them. You haven't even tried them. Well, I don't like peanut butter. I have tried that. I know for a fact I don't like it. Mm. And but I don't like fresh tomato. I don't tomato. like vanilla coke. I like fresh tomato, but I like it in things. Well, tomato I feel things. like it's different. Whatever. Um, you said you've got a bunch of really long stories this week. Um, look, two of mine are semi-long, and I feel like... Slong, if you will. <laughs> yes, that's what that means. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I'm going to say with my stories this week, prepare to get angry. Okay. Um, I was getting heated writing the notes, so I don't know how heated I'm going to get... Uh, once I'm saying it out loud. We'll see. But yeah, prepare to get angry. Okay. It's a, it's a theme for me. I'm going to remain happy the whole time. Okay. It's a good balance. Yeah. You'd be like, and then he killed the entire orphanage. I'm like, well, now they don't have to wait for... Parent. Yep. Okay. 62 episodes. Fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you did walk into this room earlier today and tell me that you resigned. So... Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pay wasn't enough. The, the pay of zero dollars? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Help me. She's got me here under slave conditions. I also make zero dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> in fact, I'm paying money to produce this. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Facts. Um, True facts. I've got my first and last stories are like really quick. They're like two paragraphs each. Okay. And uh, the middle one's a bit more interesting. Follows the theme that I set up last week. You say that like I remember what happened last week. Flamethrowers? <gasps> That's Are we just going to have like re- repeated like um, weapons? Uh, it's not about weapons. It's about the thing okay. that was holding the flamethrower. Uh, oh, uh-huh. okay. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. An arm. Ooh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. I feel like this intro was like really short and we spent most of it talking about berries. Um, But whatever. Let's get into it because it's probably going to be a long episode and I might have to divert editing to make a vet trip tomorrow. So, Well, that's also possible. Okay. Well, who wants to go first then? Do you want to end on angry or do you not want to end on angry? I don't want to end on angry. You go first. Okay. So I'll go first. Okay. I don't know. This week has been wild um, just for like a lot of things. I feel like there's just so many things in the media like this week that made people angry. But this one was a weird one. I don't know if you've seen this going around on Twitter because it definitely came up on mine. So I'm before I go into the actual article that I found, I'm going to say up front that this is another example of Daily Mail not doing any research whatsoever. <laughs> because by the time I read this article, which came out like a few days after the original incident, I already knew more than what the Daily Mail put in this article. Okay. So... Yeah, I often wonder, like, how often does that happen? I just haven't heard about it previous to the, like, Daily Mail article. Like, how much am I missing here? Maybe I should just search things in future. Because, yeah, this one, ooh, it's a doozy. Okay. So, on March 3rd, which is last week, a story was aired on Channel 9. And I think the main message was about a cafe owner in Melbourne who was struggling to get staff. Mm-hmm. Does this ring any bells for you? No. Okay, cool, because now I'm going to tell you something new and you can get angry about it. (laughs) Okay, and he claimed that he couldn't get staff because he believes that people just want to stay on Centrelink payments like JobKeeper instead of actually working. Oh, yeah. I'm sure some people do, but... Look, they're they're in the minority. I'm going to tell you that now because, uh, yeah, I'm already struggling to keep my opinion out of this story, but do they not realize how low these payments actually are? Yeah. Like, I think that if... Like, okay, say if both of us lost our jobs and we went on Centrelink, I don't know if we could pay our rent. No, probably not. Um, so, like, why would anyone want that? And, like, our our rent is pretty cheap. Like, to be honest, it's not that expensive. In I the think the people who do things. that are usually in government housing anyway, so they don't have to pay rent. Well, yeah, but that's sort of like, you know, lifelong people who are, mm. you know, on government payments. That's not like people using the pandemic as an excuse to not work. Mm. Because those people, I would assume, would be in a similar position to us where you'd have to pay rent that you were used to paying when you had a job. Yeah. Right. I just, I think this whole thing is like really stupid. Why would anyone willingly put themselves under the poverty line? Fetish. (laughs) Is that a fetish? I don't know. I'm sure there's someone out there who's attracted to like living in poverty. They're like, oh yeah. Oh, I can't pay my bills. Mm." Again, I feel like the minority... So I, I don't know how much I buy this. I don't know how much I buy that every single applicant he gets through his cafe is just telling him that, oh, no, no, no. I just I just want to stay on JobKeeper or JobSeeker or whatever the fuck it is, right? Don't, don't buy it for a second. Um, anyway, so he claimed that a lot of the time he would get people applying for a job with him. And when he actually spoke to those people, they would tell him something like, I don't want the job. I'm only applying for settling purposes. Because if anyone has ever been on the doll, you would know that you have to apply for a certain number of jobs every week. That's mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. of the deal. So I guess they're saying that, oh, well, I've ticked this one off my number that I need to get for Centrelink. Yeah, usually the pro tip for that is you just apply for jobs you're underqualified. Yeah, like just jobs you're not qualified for or like CEO positions and like scientist positions. <laughs> just throw your resumes at those ones because then you don't have to worry about them ever contacting you. Or just don't answer the phone. It's really that simple. I, I'd, again, don't buy this because why would someone who's clearly trying to rot the system tell a stranger that they're rotting the system? Mm. Makes zero sense to me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> So, uh, because he's having so much trouble getting staff, he decided to add a five thousand dollar bonus on this on his job advertisements to try and get an incentive 
for going all the way through with the application process. And I'm like, this is also stupid because if you have to give someone an incentive to want to work for you, they're just going to take the money and not work for you. I, okay, anyway, doesn't matter. (laughs) So since that went to air, apparently the cafe owner has been receiving death threats and that his cafe was graffitied. What? Why? Because he's saying that people are just doll bludgers, essentially. I get why people are angry. I thought we were saying death threats over the $5,000. No, I think that's just a really dumb move either way. You're just going to encourage people to contact you who don't want a job. They just want the $5,000. So he had this to say. I just had the honesty to say how it is. When that went to air on Channel 9, I had so many death threats. Why? Because I don't want everyone to live off Centrelink. Neither does anyone else, bro. Like, I don't understand what you're trying to put down here. Um, he also said that if he had, if any government officials were interested, he had at least 50 names and numbers that he could give them for people refusing to work so they could stay on settling payments. Mm. And I'm like, are these 50 people just 50 people who turn down your job? Yeah. Because that doesn't mean that they want to stay on settling payments. They just don't want your job. Yeah. Maybe you're not uh, offering good work. Well, we're going to get into that. <laughs> Cafe's got good reviews, though, at least still. I found it. Uh, yeah. I, I have no problem naming the cafe, by the way, because this guy's an asshole. So it's Match & Co. I wouldn't recommend going there. I would never go there, personally. I don't like rewarding bad behavior. I mean, it's um, anyway. ages away from where we live, so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the only thing that I will credit this Daily, Ma- Daily Mail article for is finding out that the $5,000 incentive, mm-hmm. not guaranteed. Oh, how convenient. People later found on their Facebook page that if you were successful in the job or referred someone that was, you would get a chance to win $5,000. Ah. So you were never getting the money. No. Oh, here we go. A review from three days ago. Prefer to obtain my coffee from ethical resources. Seeking staff mm-hmm. by dangling $5,000 promises while complaining to Channel 9 how bad business is smacks of a failed marketing ploy. Happy to spend my $6 yep. average bill at, a, at an appreciative, honest establishment from now on. I absolutely agree with that. <laughs> also, I don't mind this- if their staff have less than three years of experience. Oh, my God. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the actual job ad soon. Don't worry. This wasn't the first time that the cafe owner has gone to the media either. Oh. Back in October last year, he was on the Today Show and he said that he hadn't served a customer in nine months and that the state's lockdown laws were too tough. He also said in that interview that he had 25 full-time and casual staff on his payroll. So how are you sure In October staff? last year. Right. So, and and this is where the Daily Mail article ends. This is where I'm going to tell you all the other stuff that I found out before I even read this article. It just sounds to me like he's got some very strong political opinions and he's using his cafe as a platform to... Um, (laughs) So, yeah, one would think that if he had a full staff waiting to come back to work in October, why in March, which isn't that long of a time period, he's now looking not just for one person either. He's looking for waitstaff and baristas and all-rounders. So I don't know how many positions he has available. And like, we didn't reopen that long ago. So that means that in like a couple of months, he's lost a whole bunch of stuff. As hospitality, he could have been open from November. I mean, he could have been open the whole time for takeaway, no? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he could have been. Again, him saying that he hadn't served a single customer in nine months was his decision, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Or a lie. No, I have a feeling based on what he said is that he didn't want to have to give staff JobKeeper money. Mm. That's why I think he didn't open. Personally. So it would seem, based on that information, that the cafe has a pretty high turnover of staff. That's always a good sign. 
And it really didn't take long for people to find the actual job ad that was placed on Indeed. This is how I found out about the story in the first place is because I seen Twitter ripping this guy a new asshole after the (laughs) nine news segment went to air. And I get it because there's a lot of people out there right now who are struggling to find work. And then this asshole goes on national TV and tells them that you're just a dull bludger. Mm. Fuck off. I get it. Um, (laughs) So when you read the ad, it's pretty damn clear why people don't want the job. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to read it to you and feel free to rip it apart at any point. This position is suitable for enthusiastic, hardworking individuals who are looking to work in a challenging and fun environment. Um, challenging is like code for hard, mm. for one. I, I always are on the side of caution any, any job ad that says challenging. So I feel like that just means a lot of work. Yeah. Our aim is to provide... He wrote all that? Yeah, he did. Our aim is to provide our customers professional, attentive service in a relaxed and comfortable atmosphere. To really shine in our front of house team, you'll need to be a team player who knows how to juggle multiple tasks at one time, manage their time effectively, and keep cool under pressure. A passion for serving our customers with a smile is a must. Ugh. So this is where we get to what you need. I mean, most of that was just applicant. generic business wank it for is. their application job positions. Yep. But here's where we get to the problematic part, really. Um, This is where it details what you need to be a successful applicant. At least three years previous experience in a cafe slash restaurant environment in Australia. Oh, no foreigners. Fuck off. That is exactly what he's saying in a very polite way. (laughs) And it gets worse as well because... Because I saw his name. Like, he's an immigrant. Or at least his parents yes, were. Is. So that's a bit fucking rich, mate. Yep. Um, and so under like qualifications, it has work eligibility. And in that, he said, permitted to work permanently with no restriction on hours. For example, citizen and permanent resident preferred to work in a cafe. That's quite common, actually, on cafe jobs. Why? Usually, though, they say right to work in Australia, which is not the same again. But again, that still covers working visas. Yeah, I- and backpackers. Yeah. Okay. And I... I, I really feel like you're really limiting uh, who can apply, basically. And I mean, like, it's, it's, a, it's a cafe job. I'm not saying it's not hard and that you don't have to have to have skills to have it. What I am saying is, you know, you don't really need any previous qualifications for it, I guess, sort of. I mean, if you're a barista, you have to do a course and stuff. Yeah. But again, you don't have to have any experience to do that course. Yes? Am yeah. I wrong? No, it's like a day course, and even then, most people don't bother doing one. Okay, <laughs> so what I'm job. saying is that you to to start getting started working in a cafe, you don't really need to have like a lot of experience or qualifications, and then you're blatantly saying no immigrants, no backpackers, and three years of experience. Yes, but only in Australia. If you have three years experience anywhere else, he doesn't want to fucking know about it. <sighs> it really is a blanket no immigrants, uh, which. Insane to me. Must know how to take control of a section. Excellent communication skills. Initiative and be highly motivated. Be able to work in a fast-paced environment. Passion for great food quality and service. Excellent personal presentation. Must have own transport. Why? Yeah. So I Why guess do wait staff have to have their own transport? So they can't use the excuse of like, oh, public transport's delayed me to work. What the fuck? Also, the personal presentation thing is a bit odd because he's, he's not exactly sharply dressed himself. No, he's not. Um, and the last one is supposed to be available to work weekends, which is fine. It's hospitality. Yeah. That's expected. Here's the kicker. Here's, here's the real kicker, right? <laughs> salary. Do you want to know what the salary is or what the salary advertised is? <sighs> You're not going to guess it, but have a go. 30000 
It literally says on the ad, zero dollars per hour. <laughs> what? And he doesn't. He wants to know why people don't want his job. What I'm assuming is that he's refusing to put the amount in because it's so low. Yeah. Right. So he doesn't want to advertise how low his wages are. Yeah, that'd be like so. He's just putting in zero. Eighteen dollars. So he's expecting people to have all of this experience, be from a certain place in the world. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, like, someone with three years cafe experience is not going to go work for anyone paying less than $25 no. an hour. If you got three years cafe experience, you're pretty much set to, like, manage. Within reason, not everyone will, but, like... like. I, yeah, I, I don't know. This, this guy, I just kind of feel like what he does is he creates a working environment that's so tough, gets paid so little, that no one wants to fucking stay there. Yeah, it's really... It's sounding a lot like my old last hospitality job before the current one I have, way back when. So, I mean, I feel no sympathy for this guy. First, he goes on TV and says that he has no customers. Now he's coming on TV and saying that he has no staff. If you've got no customers, got you don't need no, no staff. no money to pay anyone. So I guess you're out of business. <laughs> I, and I mean, if, if people are repeatedly saying they don't want your job, there's something wrong with your job. Mm. I'm sorry, but there is. I mean, lots of people are willing to work in hospitality. None of his former staff have spoken out or anything? No, not yet. I mean, like I said, this only happened five days ago. I haven't heard anything. Anyway, but yeah, as soon as I seen the job ad, I was like, nah, this is a b- bullshit. He's refusing to put the amount because it's too low, but he wants lots of experience and he's being pretty openly discriminatory about where the person can be from. Yeah. The place I last worked at uh, years ago in hospitality as a barista, um, I bugged off to China for three months. And while I was there, they did Mother's Day, which was like the guy's busiest day of the year. And then he took all that money, took all the keys, left and never opened the store again and never told any of the staff. He just disappeared. Jesus Christ. I don't know. This whole thing just made me kind of angry. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a person who's unemployed, but it made me angry for everyone who is that can't find work. Mm. And this arsehole is just up here on national TV saying, oh, you guys are just bludgers. You're not even Fuck paying off. anyone a wage. Exactly. Of course they're going to stay on the fucking doll. They get paid. Zero dollars an hour. <laughs> if you seen an ad that said zero dollars an hour, would you apply for it? No. No, no one would. Maybe post it on Twitter and move on. Yeah, I I honestly think this guy's a bit of an asshole. And the fact that he's willingly put his name and the cafe's name out in the media for people to scrutinize this, you're a dickhead. Any publicity is good publicity. Is it? I feel like this is going to make people uh, less likely to work for him. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being like struggling for a job? Can't find one. And then this guy goes on TV and says, well, if you don't want my job, you're a doll bludger. Is that going to make you want to work for him? No. I don't think so. And now it's like so easy to find the information on the uh, job ad, which is why I don't understand why Daily Mail didn't include it. But I guess they're trying to paint this guy in a good light for whatever reason. Mm. So easy to find it. Like literally any comment on a news article on Twitter, you will find the job ad underneath it because people are like, no, this story is completely out of context. Here's the context. (laughs) It really just like it makes me kind of mad about how biased media is. Because it really is just a, like, shit on unemployed people piece. Yeah, of course. Well, it's run by Murdoch. I did warn you. It's going to get angry. <laughs> I think you'll like my first story. Okay. Is it going to put me in a better mood? Mm, I don't want to put you in a good mood, but I think it's the kind of thing you're into. So in 2011, a jawbone washed up on Kingscliff Beach in New South Wales. Like a human a one human or an animal jawbone. one? Yeah, fucked. So police launched an investigation... Sorry, an extensive investigation into whose jaw it was, because, you know, not every day a jawbone washes up on the... I mean, just the jawbone? Just the jawbone. Where's, where's the rest? Would be my looking, looking for a man of no jaw. So for nine years, 
They had no idea whose fucking jawbone this was. It was just sitting there and they're like, I don't know, can't find a man without a jawbone. That was until August last year, 2020, when the police and New South Wales health pathology were alerted to a biological link after a familial, or familial as in like family, DNA search looking for potential relatives in an existing DNA database found a match. Okay. So this possible link led police to a 34-year-old man whose DNA was on file uh, following his conviction and imprisonment earlier in 2020. Um, he's now an inmate at Goulburn Jail, so you know he did some serious shit, because that's a supermax prison. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, that man is the nephew of a Bill Moran, who, along with his wife, Philippa, uh, went missing, I assume, assumed dead, off the coast of Evans Head on September 24th, 1979. Wow, okay, that's a long time after ago. After their boat sank in rough seas. Uh, they were aged like the okay. young 20s at the time. I have one little last crazy bit for you, because like this is a really short story. So they died... On September 24th, 1979, mm-hmm. the jawbone was found 32 years later on September 24th. Okay, I'm just going to say that this also just backs my theory about Harold Holt getting any submarine and going to China because we haven't found anything. Good. But you missed the part where it was 24, <laughs> uh, 32 years to the day. To the day? Yeah. What the I just fuck? Told you. I didn't hear that part. Yeah, all all I heard was like- fucking Harold Holt. <laughs> God damn it. Ruined the last fucking impacted part of the fucking story. Harold Holt's important. He's dead. Is he? Yes. I mean, he would be by now, but that's not the point. Yeah. September um, 24th, <laughs> 1979. They die and go missing. September right. 24th, 2011. The jawbone washes up on the beach. And that's when you go, oh, wow. But you're like, Harold Holt. Ah! Why do you like this? You ruined it. You ruined my story. I was so happy when I wrote this line. I'm like, she's going to freak out. And you're like, Harold Hall died way. at sea, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I resign. I resign. Don't resign, Place please. me with a sock puppet. No one will know. Sock puppets don't speak. You'd voice it yourself. You can pretend to be me. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but that is that is crazy. Like, okay, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Did they find anything else? No, just a jawbone. I think their boat was found back in the 70s because there's a photo of the wreckage, but they went missing. So I guess my question is, I mean, the coincidence is insane, Mm. but then I'm also like, how long was it there before someone found it? Well, they say washed up. So, I mean, it can't have been there too long because it was there for too long. It would get covered by sand or taken back out to sea. Mm. I just don't. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, how can it only be a jawbone? The rest of him's gone at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. Okay, but then if that's the case, then how did the jawbone wash up if the rest of him's at the bottom? Broke loose from his body and floated away. Did the nephew kill them? No. The nephew's 34 years old now. He wasn't alive when they died. <laughs> I know. I was being facetious. <sighs> Calm down. Why are you? Now you're angry. Why are you so angry? You ruined my story. <laughs> you Harold Holt bullshit. <laughs> oh, I just realized I have an accidental nautical theme. Not for the second story. Oh. But my first okay. and last story are both about boats, sort of. Interesting. Mm. Have you forgiven me yet? We'll see. <laughs> what, what if I give you some of my chocolate eggs? No, remember? I'll, I'll bribe you. No chocolate until my birthday. <sighs> I'm done, by the way. Yeah, no, I'm just waiting for your forgiveness. Oh. It's going to be a very long, awkward pause in the podcast then. <laughs> next story. <sighs> yeah, the next story. The next story is the one that's probably going to make you the most mad. It definitely made me pretty mad. Um, this is probably... Stop flexing while I'm speaking. 
This podcast episode is a mess already. Mm. Um, okay. So, yeah, the next one was definitely the one that I got the most heated about. And I'm going to sort of give a little bit of a disclaimer beforehand. So, uh, I mentioned the story in passing a couple of weeks ago. I know, especially considering the past couple of weeks, um, that sexual assault stories have been overwhelming in the news cycle. Mm. And I feel like a lot of those stories have had negative attention on survivors. For the it's record, a hard one. we are recording this on International Women's Day. We are, we are. Um, I mean, you won't hear it that day, but that's the day we're, we're recording it. And I know that it's been a really hard couple of weeks for like a lot of people. And I mean, that's just like, from my perspective, I can't imagine what it is from a wider perspective. I just know the people that like I know and like tweets that I've seen on my timeline have been really rough the past couple of weeks. I know that I don't talk about it a lot and I probably... I mean, I won't say never, but it's unlikely that I ever will. But I'm also a a sexual assault survivor. And it's really hard to continually hear people. It's like hear people come out, tell their stories, be brave enough to do that because it is really difficult. And then for people to hear those stories and then continually belittle those people and not believe them and put them down is it's really hard and i think like especially like the past couple of weeks has been really hard because you've just been bombarded with that like constantly um not saying that we shouldn't i mean i think that these stories are really important and that people need to continue to come out with them so that people understand that this is not it's not uncommon un- unfortunately yeah which is, you know, I did toss up whether I should tell this story or not because of that. But I'm like, no, I feel like if we stop giving it attention, that's when the problem occurs. And that's what's happening now is that people have kept quiet for too long, probably. And I mean, that's not their fault either. I want to say that. It's hard to come out and tell your story when you know that people are going to give it negative attention. I get it. And it's probably why I have always struggled and will probably continue to struggle with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this story. It is about sexual assault. And I'm going to leave a timestamp in the description if you want to skip this one because I totally get it. If you're having a tough time with the news cycle as it is, you might not be comfortable hearing this one either. I am going to discuss sexual assault and pedophilia, but I'm not going to talk about it in graphic detail. So it's really up to you whether you want to continue to hear that. If you're still with me, prepare to get really fucking mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't usually name people, but I have no issue naming this piece of shit. Uh, So Peter John O'Neill, giving you his full name here, um, who's now in his early 60s, used to be a teacher. He was a teacher in Tasmania from 1980 to 1991. And over that period of time, he decided to sexually abuse several young boys. Hmm. So we're talking about a historical sexual abuse case, which I find from what I've heard in the past that these cases tend to not really get punished anywhere near as harshly as other ones and even the other ones that aren't historical don't get punished very harshly so you know it's it's bad i mean like think think about george pell for instance ah yes george pelldophile yes like i mean he didn't spend that long in jail at all um so uh, and yeah and this case is going to be no different i'm i'm sorry to say so before i tell you about his sentencing i'm going to tell you what has happened to his victims since they were assaulted. One of the, his victims has attempted suicide, while another has been admitted to a psychiatric hospital more than 50 times. There's also been others that have been unable to finish their education out of fear, 
others that have had issues with anxiety, depression, drug dependency, um, homelessness, etc. What I am trying to paint for you is that his victims have not had easy lives because of his decision. So that doesn't mention how many boys he assaulted, but it does say that the youngest boy that he assaulted was just 10 years old. The article does actually go into detail about what he did um, to those boys. I'm not going to go into that kind of detail, but what I will say is he manipulated them into giving him what would be considered like normal affection, like a hug, and then he'd assault them. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's really well, disgusting. It's weird to hug your teachers to begin with, but... I mean, I feel like I, I hug teachers in school. I guess most of my teachers were female, though, so maybe it was a bit different. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't really matter what gender your teacher is. Hmm. I, I feel like a child at 10 doesn't think that it's weird to hug an adult. I suppose. The first victim didn't come forward until he was in his 40s, and he said that he waited so long because he felt like he was to blame, which just it just breaks my heart that this, you know, grown man in his 40s was walking around thinking that it was his fault because it absolutely was not, clearly. Now, Peter was sentenced back in September last year, and he now currently lives in Canberra. Of course he does. Now, the crime's... Sorry. So of course he does. Probably going to run for prime ministership or something like that. Well, I mean, he's already like in his early 60s. Probably not. Ah, excuse me. Politicians are always old, stupid men. That's true. Uh, but so because he lives in Canberra, but the crimes were committed in Tasmania, a Tasmanian Supreme Court had to hear the case and he would be required to serve his sentence in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. So I'm about to tell you his sentence and it's not good. I'm just, I'm just going to say that. Four days of he life was given- community service. He was given a five-year suspended sentence, which means that he will see no actual jail time at all. Not one day in jail. Not one. And the reason, the reason why it was a suspended sentence was because he was too fat to be transported to a Tasmanian jail. I just looked at pictures of him. He's not that fat. He's not. It, like, he could walk. Is, is, he, is he obese? Absolutely. But he would absolutely be able to walk and get around as well. I didn't see right pictures of him. Hang on. Peter, see, to me, Peter O'Neill Peter, is Peter John. the uh, really corrupt Peter John former Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea. <laughs> okay. So maybe it's just um, don't call people Peter O'Neill. It leads to bad people. I also don't think, okay, say that he was so overweight that he was in a wheelchair or something. Um, you can absolutely transport him. I don't understand. Just cut him up into little pieces and then put him in. Okay, here's a more I mean, modern you don't have to do He's that. pretty fat now. So Why don't they just like put a weight on his wheelchair and then leave him out in the sun? I mean, I'd be okay with that, but, uh, you know. They claimed that it would cost the taxpayers $40,000 to transport him because he weighed 140 kilos. Well, shit. So I guess they decided it wasn't worth it? Fuck, man. You're already spending way more millions of taxpayer dollars to fucking deport immigrant families. Why not deport one fucking fat man to Tasmania? Uh, uh, Well, I'm about to tell you uh, that his friends, like his, sorry, his victims and their friends and family and people they went to school with who also knew the teacher... They offered to raise the $40,000. I was literally about to say, I'll start a cooking Kickstarter for it right now. Yeah, no, they're already all over that. They're like, no, we will raise this money and we will get the money and then he can go to prison. But it was turned down. It was turned down. Um, the judge in the case said that he couldn't be locked up interstate and had no money to pay a fine. Paying a fine was seriously one of the options explored as a punishment. Paying a fine. I can't tell you how angry that fucking makes me. Are you serious that you can abuse a bunch of children in your care and pay a fine? Maybe I should just do crimes to, like, make money. It doesn't sound like it's actually that bad if you get caught. It doesn't fucking matter. 
I just fucking why why am I like living here struggling to pay money week to week to live when I could just go out and like uh, sell no. meth to kids, get a slap on the wrist and get a fucking sweet ass house. No. The reason that you don't do that is because you're not a shit human being. Yeah, but like <laughs> No, but what I, I understand what you're saying that like the, the it seems like the punishment never fits the crime. Yeah. Never. No. I'm struggling to find like unless you went on a murderous spree and get like life in prison. It it kind of seems like it never fits, especially in these sexual assault cases. Mm. Like it's ridiculous how little they get punished for it. No wonder it's an issue. No wonder it's so common. Yeah. There's no punishment. No. So that means that even if he wasn't too fat to be transported to jail, he would have only got five years. Yeah, it's like that whole thing of that, like, uh, oh, if the Bible wasn't there, it's what would stop you raping and shit. It's like there's fucking literally nothing to stop you raping now. It doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. It I it, it still happens. So anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So the judge also said that a home detention order was out of the question as Peter is unable to leave his house without assistance anyway. So he just suspended the entire sentence, meaning that like he doesn't have to go to jail. He doesn't have to be on home detention. He doesn't have to do anything. It's fine. That means there's no actual punishment for anything that he did at all. <clears throat> so yeah, like for me, I think, I think about those boys who are now actually men. I can't imagine how angry they would be for for them to actually have to go through a court case, give evidence, have a court agree that this man is guilty as fuck, but then be like, oh no, it's okay. We're just going to, we're going to give him a suspended sentence. He doesn't have to do any jail time. <sighs> I, I cannot imagine the kind of anger that they'd be carrying around. Like, it's like, you, you're like, oh yeah, I'm finally going to get closure. This person is found guilty for them to just, there to be no punishment would be heartbreaking. I, I yeah, I, I really feel for them, whoever they are. It's fucked. It's truly fucked. Imagine being that dude's social care worker now as well. You said he needs assistance to leave the house. And he's like really overweight. So he's probably got mm-hmm. a social care worker. Imagine that being your job. Yeah, so us, us, us taxpayers are paying, are paying for his care. For like just some also. poor person who's like, I want to help people who need assistance. Great. And then helping out that I'm guy. helping a serial rapist and child abuser. Yeah, it's a... Uh, is very frustrating. But it it I, I thought it was important to tell this story because, you know, you wonder why like people aren't taken seriously when when this is what like officials treat sexual assault as. And I think that that's only just been more evident over the past few weeks with everything that's come out. Mm. No one cares. Everyone just thinks it's not a big deal, get on with your life, whatever. I I feel like that's a message that's being put out there and it's like well no how about you just stop touching people you don't have permission to touch just fucking stop no, it I do have permission because i am supreme man oh it's fucking ridiculous anyway so i know i know that i've already been talking for a little bit but i'm just going to tack on one one more point just to tell you how fucked the situation is with sexual assault cases if that didn't make you mad you're about to get mad madder i don't know i'm already mad so <laughs> So I seen this article this week and I actually told you the headline because it's fucking ridiculous. Apparently, ABC reporters have been told to not call child sex abusers pedophiles anymore because it makes them feel marginalized. Oh, boo-hoo. How are we living? Is this real life? Like, I, I've got a hot take for it, though. Maybe don't fucking abuse children if you don't want to be called a pedophile. <sighs> just 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 going to throw that one out there. Who higher up at who up in the government who's a pedophile has told ABC News to stop doing that so that when he gets found out he's not called a pedophile. That's probably it. Yeah, I would not even surprise me in the least. 
But I'm going to tell you where this advice came from and how it came about because it's going to going to hurt your brain um, more. Um, so apparently this advice was taken from Tasmania's Sexual Assault Support Service, which said that if we do call these people pedophiles, which is what they are, if you look up the definition, that's exactly what they are, but okay, whatever. It could stop abusers seeking treatment if they are caught pedophiles, and it could therefore make them more likely to continue abusing children. Well, it fucking doesn't stop them anyway. They keep abusing children as it is. It doesn't fucking matter. They always get out and just abuse more children. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that pedophiles are one of the hardest ones to rehabilitate. Yeah. Because they don't believe it's a crime. Exactly. So, They're like, love is love. Um, it's not love. The reason that they've drawn this conclusion is it cited an example of a pedophile. I'm going to call him that because that's exactly what he was, but whatever. Um, so a man who had, who had spent over 30 years grooming and abusing children while he worked at a children's hospital was finally charged. And after he was charged with the crimes, two weeks after that, he committed suicide. That says to me he was guilty as fuck. He knew what he was doing. And he didn't want to face the consequences. I'm going to directly read the email from this sexual assault support service that was sent out. We should avoid it unless we know he had a clinical diagnosis of pedophilia and instead use serial sexual offender, predator, or sexual abuser of children and young people. Right, because child predator sounds so much better than pedophile. Right? I mean, it's the same fucking thing. I, I mean, I know it's not exactly, but it is in... Otherwise, um, so another consideration is from their point of view, there are a lot of pedophiles slash people with pedophilia who do not act on those impulses, especially if they reach out and receive professional psychological help. Describing perhaps technically inaccurately the guy I just told you about as a pedophile could discourage those people from seeking help, making more likely that they will go on to abuse children. No, it doesn't matter what you call it, if that's the case. <sighs> You seriously think that if you say sexual abuser of children, that that makes it look any better? I let's just start. So let, let's just start calling them by their preferred term. Then minor attracted person. Oh, that makes it sound so no. sweet. Fucking pedophiles. Yeah, no, I don't agree. I think that if a person who is attracted to children is going to go and seek help, they're going to do it anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't think the term is the thing that makes them go and get help versus not get help. Yeah. Yeah, no one, no one goes and gets help. No, no one refuses to get help because they don't want to be labelled an alcoholic. Exactly. And so there's the other part of me that says, so if you name it something that sounds a bit nicer, that doesn't sound as, you know, horrible, doesn't that sort of then also make them think, well, it's not that bad? Yeah. I think you should term it harshly. I think people should know it's wrong. Mm. I, I honestly don't know. Like, I feel like I'm living in a crazy world. I, why are we trying to make it so that people who abuse children feel better i don't get because it because the rich and the elite run the world and they're all into it themselves i just i don't understand don't get it I, like when i read that article i was like are you fucking kidding me i would love to know where else it's been sent but only the abc spoke out about it mm. so i guess if you notice that the term pedophile doesn't get used in the media anymore you know why not on this media show it doesn't yeah i don't <laughs> give a fuck let's call this episode you're a fucking pedophile peter john o'neill <laughs> I don't think we can do that. I mean, technically, I think we can, though. Legally speaking, I don't think there'd be any issue with it because legally he's been found to be a pedophile. No. Uh, my next story is also about shitty men. A thing. Yes. <laughs> the episode about shitty men. Episode 62, shitty men. Uh, so last episode, I spoke about a Nazi. This week, I got more Nazis. So last week, there was the Nazi used an improvised flamethrower to attack a mum and her teenage daughter at random. Uh, and I mentioned then that there is like this weird, unfortunately, increasing number of neo-Nazis in Australia. 
And this story is actually from back in late January. Headline, calls for cross-burning neo-Nazis camped in the Grampians to be classified as a terrorist group. Why aren't they already? We'll find out. So, uh, the calls largely being made by an anti-Semitism expert, which is apparently a career or something okay. you can do with your life. Yet a local army veteran who's actually of Jewish descent and lives in the Grampians, um, he actually just wants to talk to them rather than trying and silencing them. So as I said, in late January 2021, residents were shocked when a group of around 30 men were seen performing Nazi salutes, chanting the typical phrases such as white power and Heil Hitler while they were camping in a national park. Some report the men also left stickers around promoting their group and on their stickers is their slogan, Australia for the white man. I feel like this is another way to just say, I'm a gigantic dickhead. Mm, Oh, I mean, they know they're Nazis, right? Um, Now, as for the cross-burning, no witnesses actually saw it, but the group's leader posted it in social media. What? Okay, what a dickhead. Well, that's... Yes, but that to them is like, they're promoting their group. This is it. This will get more... I mean, I guess the other side of that, he's technically not doing anything illegal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. So police did investigate this, but the group has not actually broken any laws, and it turns out Mm. there are no laws against this in Australia. You can run I mean, around and burn as many crosses and shout Heil Hitler at the top of your lungs as much as you like. It's not against the law in Australia. Could you also say it's like discrimination or racism, though? Surely. I guess not directly. I mean, if you're burning a cross, isn't that anti-religious? I never got the burning of a cross because aren't, like, Nazis super Christians anyway? Or am I just confused? I thought Nazis were Christian, or at least some form of it. I don't think it really matters. Like, I don't think it matters what religion they are. Burning a cross isn't... Surely that'd be like burning a flag, though, right? I don't think it is, though, Mm. because religion transcends a country. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there would be any laws broken there because, I mean, you're literally just burning two pieces of wood and that's not illegal. So, Mm. you know. But also, like, Christianity also transcends what colour you are or what race you are. Supposedly. Well, I don't know. There are plenty of, like, non-white countries that are very Christian. I know, I know, I know. But, like... That doesn't mean, like, there's not divisions within the church that, like, ooh. I remember when fucking Pope John Francis became the Pope and people were like, oh, he's not from Europe. Ah, oh, he's from South America. Okay, on this then, the major religion in Australia is Christianity. So this doesn't make any sense to me. Hmm. Anyway, before we get more derailed. Chairman of Australia's Anti-Defamation Commission, Dever Abramo... Oh, fuck, I practiced this before, now I can't say it. Dever (laughs) Abramovich... Says the lack of such laws around extremist groups like this is creating or even has already created an evolving security threat in the country. Which makes sense. There's nothing to stop these people doing this, so they're going to keep doing it and they're going to get more members. Uh, Quoting him now, We know there is a direct link between incitement, between vilification, and shooting rampages that we saw not just in Christchurch, but in other places. We do not need to wait for a Christchurch to happen in Melbourne before we act. Uh, Of course, referring to the terror attacks on March 15th, 2019 by an Australian... Mm -hmm. Man in Christchurch, New Zealand, which, by the way, has its two-year anniversary the Monday after this episode goes live. Wow. Already? Already. And by, for the record, I'm fucking still furious about that attack. I, I think most people are. I don't think anyone... I mean, I, I, I want to say I don't think anyone does support it, but I'm sure that there for probably some reason, are, I find it even more frustrating that it was a foreigner who came into the country and did it. I, I, hate, I hate so much that like a guy flew from his own country, specifically to New Zealand, to commit the terror attack, because it's like, it'll be easier for me to do it there. Yeah, I don't know why that irks me so much more than if it turned out it was a local Kiwi who'd done it. Well, I mean, it really was a person um, taking advantage of the differences yeah. in gun laws. Yeah. That, that's all it was. That's really all it was. <laughs> so, continuing to quote Abra, Abramovich, let's make 
No mistake. They're dreaming of a Fourth Reich with an Australian Hitler at the helm. They want an Australia without Jews, without Muslims, without the disabled, and without members of the LGBTQI community. Oh, so there's all-round giant dickheads. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, when you think Nazi, you just think white supremacy, right? You don't think, like, it matters if someone's disabled or who they choose okay, to fuck. Fun fact. When, well, no, not fun fact, but fact. When they went to film Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, they had issues finding dwarves to play the Oompa Loompas in Europe because Hitler had killed so many of them. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, they, if you're disabled, you're deformed, you're not part of their Aryan race, fuck you, we've got to get rid of you. You're imperfect. That's what it's about. Continue to quote him. They're doing it because they know that the law does not prohibit them from doing those activities. You don't fight the far right by silencing and by, by silence and by inaction. These are people who are agitating for a racial war. We know one thing, that whenever white supremacists and neo-Nazis gather, violence usually follows. Which, historically, yes. Of course. Yeah. Um, I just feel like we're taking like a step back in time. Like, are we really still here? The thing is, we've so far now removed from World War II that it's kind of hard for us to imagine it. You know, it's the same thing that we've got, the same issue we've got with uh, anti-vax, you know. It was so long ago that these diseases, like, we've had a whole group of people grow up without it. And like, it can't have been that bad. It can't have been that bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how you paint the Holocaust in a, oh, it's not so bad light, because that's ridiculous. Well, let's look at it this way. You've, you've got people like, say, Genghis Khan, you know. These days, history is pretty positive about him. They're like, oh, yeah, he was a great leader, world's largest empire, do all these cool things. Let's not forget he murdered millions and millions and millions of people, you know. The further away you get from something, the easier it is to, like, look past that and forget those people. It won't be long now until, you know, unfortunately, probably another 150 years. Someone's writing a book about it. What a genius Hitler was and how he was, like, a fucking... This great general and leader, you know, and that's fucking terrifying, but it'll be what happens. It truly does just, like, happen in a cycle, doesn't it? <laughs> History does really tend to repeat itself. Yeah. That's not just a saying. <laughs> Obviously, I, I don't support any of this. I mean, the other side of this that I'm like, okay, so say, <laughs> not that I would ever think that this is a good idea, but say that you did get rid of all the non-white people in Australia, all the non-Australian people, let's say, we'd be empty. But we'd be pure. Ugh. I wonder if I'll be allowed no, to No, seriously, stay. like, our entire country runs off immigrants. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> what? It doesn't, does it, it doesn't make if any there sense. there were no immigrants, then everyone would have a house. There'd be no one to live in them. We'd be empty. <laughs> like, I don't, don't understand. It's the old, um, I think it was the middle of the century, where some politician was like, Australia needs to populate or perish. Mm. Mm. And considering that, like, I'm pretty sure, I mean, Australia has an aging population also. Let's not forget that part. We are not replacing the people dying, even right now, as, as it stands. So then you're going to take away all the immigrants from that. We'd be empty. We're already pretty empty. That's what I mean. Like, I don't... That's not the point. They don't care about it being empty. They just want it to be white. Like, they don't care about that. That's good. Just, they don't want these people I, here. I, 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 I guess, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. I guess because I'm not a racist asshole is why it doesn't make any sense to me. So Dan Andrews did speak out to the press during when this was all coming out. On you, Dan. Uh, he said at the time that there is evidence that evil and wicked anti-Semitism is on the rise in Victoria and there is no place for it. However, I've not really seen him doing much on it since. Don't know if he's just being complacent, if it was a little bit of a show thing for the news. Maybe COVID's distracting him. I feel like that's sort of a good point, though. I feel like a lot of these people were able to get together online and it's just like anti-vaxxers, right? Or like, you know, anti-mask people, mm. anti-lockdown people. So they all got together online 
spoke about their crazy, insane views that everyone else who they would, in, you know, come across in real life would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? They all got together. They're all in their houses. They got together, thought this is a great idea. And now they're out there in the world. Yeah, it kind of sounds like to me- Following through. They, it's they, fucked. The, the, the thing they did when they went hunting was like a group bonding session for these Nazis. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So we moved to David, who's the army vet I mentioned earlier at the start of the story of Jewish descent. I think his father was Jewish. Uh, he's a local Grampian resident. Uh, he was very happy with how his community responded to the event because people were calling the police being like, what the fuck? Can you get out here and fix this? Mm. But as I said earlier, he wishes instead to talk with them rather than trying to silence them. He thinks that's the better course of action. Well, I mean, if you silence them, then they're going to scream censorship, right? Mm, well, quoting David, there are often... A lot of suffering, pain, and socioeconomic factors that allow people to get caught up in movements like this, which I would agree with. So I don't have a personal hatred or animosity towards people doing this. But there is a lot of ignorance of the seriousness and severity of what the Jewish people have been through. It's mind-bogglingly tragic, and for people to to be expressing these views demonstrates just how little they truly know. I like to think Australia stands for giving people a fair go and having a real sense of what's right and wrong. And if these people can't look back and say that the atrocities committed in World War II by the Nazis were something that is objectively wrong then we've got a lot to do by way of helping these people. I'm happy to talk to anybody about anything, and that level of openness to discourse is important. We can't just silence these people. They're entitled to their views, which has been a lot of thing to say there, David, okay. What we need to do is have broader community discussions where we can be heard and acknowledged so people can say, no, we believe in freedom of religion and universal human rights. If we try to silence them and fight them out of existence, they'll just pop up somewhere else. Mm. I don't know about the entitled to their views part, but I suppose technically speaking... I was about to address that. I think what he's trying to say is that you can't police people's no, thoughts. You can't. Like Not you just yet. can't. Give it 50 and years. <laughs> but yeah, I mean you, you can't you can't police people's thoughts. If that's what they truly believe, then there's nothing stopping them from believing mm. that. And that's that's the truth. But I don't understand how you get there. Like, I don't understand how you get to that place of thinking that that's the only way that works for the world. Especially when it's been proven time and time again that that's not true. Mm. I don't know. It's just really sad that we're still we're still here talking about this. Like you would hope that the world had moved on from like this, you know, white supremacy bullshit. No, I mean it was really only a hundred years ago. Not even. Like I feel like what happens, and it happens in like a lot of a lot of things, not not just you know racism. It's like we take a step forward and then we take another one back. It's really weird. People don't like change. I know, but it's just like it's one of these things that we're like. I think one of the ones that, get, that gets me the most, I mean, apart from racism, because I think that one's the stupidest one, to be honest. I think that's the stupidest one. It makes no sense why you would hate someone just because they're a different race to you or from a different country. It doesn't really make any sense to me. You're all still just fucking people. So what if you look a bit different? Doesn't matter. Like, makes no difference. Mm. But then you get, like, other things like, um, you know, I guess a lot of changes in attitudes towards, like, the gender spectrum and stuff like that. And people are like, oh, my God, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, again, why does it matter? I don't understand. <laughs> I just feel like a lot of like these social issues that people get really up in arms about literally make no fucking difference at the end of the day. Why couldn't we have evolved from bonobos? <laughs> then it would just be a giant planet-wide orgy. <laughs> and honestly, that's the way it should be. <laughs> bonobos don't go to war. They just fuck each other. How This, this is how we should resolve every difference we've ever had. Yeah, just from now on. No more wars. Politicians <laughs> have to go into a ring and like fuck wrestle each other. <laughs> You know, we're gonna get we're gonna get Putin. Oh we're gonna get uh, we're going back two years. We get Putin. We get Trump. Xi Jinping. Kim Jong Un. Put them in a ring, oil them up, and they can just whoever can dominate the others in a sex battle, <laughs> they get to decide. I That's mean, how things I mean, are decided now. Old okay. men fucking. But each even other. that, even that has a 
you know, a lot of issues. Well, that, that, no, when you become a politician, you consent to letting that happen. <laughs> okay, if that's yeah. the case, then yeah. yes, absolutely, yeah. go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like this episode has just been a lot of anger. What happens now? Your next story. My next story? Okay, my next story. I hope this one's funnier <laughs> than my other two. <laughs> since it's been a year since uh, the pandemic came in and ruined everyone's lives, I thought it might be nice to take a trip back in time to what it was like when this thing was starting. Do you remember that time? That time where we couldn't buy toilet paper for weeks on end? Yeah. When I couldn't buy rice or pasta? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're over that now. Oh, we we had a lockdown the other week. <laughs> it was reminiscent. Yeah. People are weird. Anyway, I bookmarked this nearly a year ago and I didn't get around to using it. And I'm hoping that when I tell this story, we'll see how far we've come. But honestly, I sincerely doubt it because I watched a news YouTube video this morning about a rally in the US where they were encouraging children to burn face masks. So, don't know how far we've come. Great. Fucking Americans. People really won't avoid things like the plague. They don't care. (laughs) Um, So, this story is about a guy, and I love that his first name is Ebenezer, because that's amazing. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that wasn't his last name, but yeah, love it. Um, He was already on bail when this story happened. Um, He had some driving offences that he was already in trouble over. But on April 8th, he made a bold move. Mm -hmm. So bold. He licked an advertising sign outside of Woolworths in Townsville. Okay. How how tasty was the food on it looking? (laughs) I don't want to know what it tasted like. Anyway, um, so it just, it wasn't enough for him. It wasn't enough. So he entered the Woolies and began licking the cereal boxes. What the fuck? So brave. Apparently, he had also been in trouble for doing something similar the week beforehand when he licked an escalator handrail. Even without COVID. Take that out of the... No, why would you do that? I mean, thanks to COVID, now the escalator handrails are cleaner than they've ever been. So if you're going to lick one, now's the time. But don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) I don't know why you would do this. I don't know why you would do it to begin with. Even without COVID, don't fucking do it. Like, I don't understand. Um, anyway, when he was arrested two days after the cereal box incident, he said, is this because I licked all that shit at the shops? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is exactly that. He also said, I thought it would be funny because everyone else is freaking out about it and I'm not scared because I'm not going to get sick. <laughs> Please tell me he died of COVID this year. He didn't. He didn't even have COVID. <laughs> they did test him, obviously, because he's running around licking shit in public. <laughs> But in the court case, it was revealed that he was under the influence of ice at the time. Now the story makes so much more sense. And he was found guilty of two counts of public nuisance and one count of contamination of goods with intent. Did they make him pay for the cereal? I have no idea. Didn't mention that in the article. (laughs) But because he was already on bail, he was sentenced to 12 months in prison. Don't lick cereal boxes. (sighs) I mean, I think we've come a bit away from that now. Because I remember there was a lot of I'm people sorry. doing stupid shit like that at the beginning. I'm sorry. We did a story where a guy sexually abused children for like 12 years straight. And he got a suspended <sighs> sentence because he's too fat. Oh, no. This, this guy, guy gets a year in jail. a fucking box <laughs> and gets a year in jail. Well, I mean, it wasn't just that. He was already on bail. Yeah. So he had a criminal history already. So that I know. I don't think if it was his first offense that he would have got 12 months jail. Oh, well, fuck. But that guy I get technically your point. didn't have his first offense either. His first offense was the first kid he touched. And then the other fucking 20,000 he probably did. You know, like... 
True. No, I, I totally see your point. I totally see your point. Like, it's ridiculous that we're talking about a guy who licks some cereal boxes actually went to jail, where a guy who sexually assaulted multiple children did not. It's just, it's... But I'm all meant, I think we've come a fair way, like, with the COVID thing is what I meant. Yeah. I don't think people are doing this kind of stupid shit anymore. Maybe everyone's over it. They're like, well, there's no point. Yeah. Not, not going to get my 15 minutes of fame now. No one cares. Do you remember that, that chick that licked a toilet seat? <laughs> Yes, sadly, I do. <laughs> sadly, she still gets a lot of views. Why are you supporting someone this dumb? Anyway, doesn't matter. Maybe I should look at another toilet seat. <laughs> Speaking of dumb shit involving toilets, I saw like someone visiting some country where they've got they're like a fancy hotel and they didn't know what the fucking bidet was. Did you see that tweet? Okay, then she dumb. Yeah, but she put her feet in a thing as a foot spa. What I don't understand is why she brought a chair into the bathroom. That was the part that got me. Yeah, like, why did you think that's the process? Because she was sitting down with her feet in it. Yeah. Like, why Why would... So she had to have bought another chair into the room to sit on to put her feet in. Yes. Bidet. Yeah. No, it's for cleaning your ass. There's no one seen Crocodile Dundee 2. The exact same joke is made. The exact same <laughs> style bidet. He's like, what's that for? She's like, I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> Silly country bumpkin. And then she goes down. Why wouldn't you tell them she, he, if they've yeah, never seen it before? And she's getting it because oh, he's cleaning his butt and we're American. Oh, no, can't show that. Um, but let's kill someone on screen. Yeah, guns. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and so he, she leaves. And she's getting into the limousine. And he cooies and whistles out the window down at her. And he's like, it's for cleaning your ass, ain't it, cunts? And he, she's like, oh, he's so charming. And then later he gets <laughs> totally. a knife. I thought that happened in the first movie. I don't fucking remember. I thought, does he go to America in the first movie? I have no fucking I idea. Whichever fucking Croc Dundee movie it is. Who gives a shit? I've seen like half of one Crocodile Dundee movie. Never I see Crocodile Dundee no 3. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. It's bad. <laughs> mm. Are we done? I mean, I've got my last story, but are you done with? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm done. But we're not done. So, a family of eight, including an eight-month-old baby had to be rescued by the Australian Maritime Safety Authority from their tiny lifeboat because the main boat they're on started taking on water and sinking. Quote, We're not too sure what happened. We were travelling out and heard a bit of a thud. Next thing we know, there's water squirting up onto the board. So I'm assuming it's two adults and six children. That's a lot of children. They were 77 kilometres east of Yapoon in Queensland. That's a long way out to sea. How did they get that far out? They're on the boat. Okay. They're going out some right. island out there that I didn't include in my notes. Uh, thankfully, you know, they, they're smart. I think it's probably law you have to have one of these, but they activated their emergency beacon, which is mm-hmm. how people found them. The authorities found them on their tiny dinghy. Some of them were hanging off the side of it because it was too small to hold all eight people, treading water. 77 kilometers out in the ocean, by the way. I know a lot of people out there have fears of the deep ocean. What? They're just sitting there in the water, holding onto the lifeboat, waiting for someone to come. Wouldn't there be fucking sharks in there? Sharks don't exist in every inch of the ocean, you know. Yeah, but they don't not, not exist. Yeah, but the ocean's big. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, isn't it possible? It is possible, but not very likely. There's no reason for the shark to be there. They're not going to fucking sit around at the top of the water where there's no food. Okay. There's a story of- I'm sure there's like a billion other things that could hurt you in the ocean. Yeah, but like most of it stays down or near actual stuff. A lot, a lot of sea creatures don't just fucking bum around in the middle of the water doing it where there's nothing for them. I still don't like that. <laughs> There's actually a really good story I wouldn't mind doing one time. Next time we do like a uh, a um international story one about these guys in World War Two whose boat got sunk and then like they had to spend four days in the water as sharks ate them. That's terrifying. Anyway, we're not here to no. talk about that. So um despite everything, despite you know, you think you'd be you're stuck with a tiny dinghy, some of you hanging onto the side of it, you're an eight month old baby. Um the family was in good spirits. 
when they were found, laughing and like recording a video of what was happening. The eight-month-old baby slept through the entire thing. <laughs> I love that. And tragically, to quote the father, they lost all the beer. <laughs> that's that's the true tragedy here. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you just picked this because you also thought it was a tragedy that you lost all these beer. Yep. It's also pretty funny. They're just like, oh, we're 77 kilometers <laughs> off the fucking coast. Deep water. We've got an eight-month-old baby. Terrifying. Having a good time. They had life vests on. They had their beacon. I mean, I guess they knew they were going to be probably okay, but still like, shame they couldn't put the beer on the bin. I would have just, I just would have shit myself and cried. That's all I would have well, done. The thing is, even the ocean, so no one could probably tell it you've shit yourself and cried. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Don't you don't really have a lot of maritime no. experience, do you? Um, Not a huge amount, no. Mm. I kind and of I don't really wish that, to. Because, yeah, like I spent a... F- not a ton of time, but I went out on boats a fair bit when I was growing up in New Guinea, so. Nah, mate, I'm from the West. There ain't no ocean in the West. Boring. I like the ocean. I wouldn't <laughs> mind getting back into sailing one day, actually. Yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of potential to drown. Just no thanks. Mm-hmm. Plus, again, a billion things in the ocean that can hurt you. No thanks. <laughs> I, nah, not into it. No? <laughs> Plus, like, going to the beach is just horrible because there's all this fucking sand. Well, the nice thing about the deep ocean have, is there's no sand. It forever. It's not, there's no sand in the ocean. It's all at the bottom. It doesn't get to you. It's good. You know, no. then you drown. It's all bad. All of it's bad. No matter which which part you look at it, it's all Is bad. Is this why you don't want me to have a career at sea? Well, no, it's because you made me watch that Tom Hanks movie. So now I'm thinking you're going to get murdered by fucking pirates if you do. Uh, the pirates didn't kill anyone in that movie. Whatever. It's kind of weird that that movie made me think to myself, oh, yeah, I could go for a career at sea after watching like that pirate, that movie. <laughs> We're talking about um Captain Phillips, by the way, if you didn't figure that out already. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I can't stop you. If that's what you truly want to do, then that's what you should do. But How would we record the podcast <laughs> if I go to sea for months on end? We'd have to like back, like have a, record them in, in advance instead of oh, the day before like we do now. God, that sounds like a lot of effort <laughs> and work. Doesn't it? That's not my style. <laughs> okay. Well, this is from the recording time now. Looks like it's going to be a long episode. Uh, it'll be all right. So we might finish it up here. I apologize. I feel like I got quite heated in this uh, episode. We'll just call it episode 62. Fucking shitty men. I don't even know if we have to. I I don't want to like, I don't want to blame men for everything. You know, I don't don't, want to like have this be about gender. There's shitty people everywhere. Yeah, we're not blaming all men. We're just saying these are particularly shitty men. Maybe we call that episode 62. Particularly shitty men. (laughs) Or it could be like the episode we got angry. Mm. That could work. I'll think of something. Don't let me name them, though, because they get less views if if I name them. That is true. <laughs> if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to fmedadpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at fmedadpodcast and our website, fuckmedadpodcast.com. If you're so inclined, you can subscribe and leave a review. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can do so at coffee.com forward slash fmedadpodcast. Beautiful. And it took 14 tries. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, thank you again for listening this week. And we now, now you've done it to me. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, thank you again for listening this week, and we'll be back at the same time next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.